confident is a causative. It's a causative, and it could be translated this way. Since I am confident of this very thing. Now, the Apostle Paul was the writer of this particular chapter and this particular verse, and this is coming from him, and Paul is saying that since I am confident of this very thing. You know, it's good for us to know what we're talking about. Amen? Yes. Just as Paul knew what he was talking about. And when we talk to somebody, when we minister to somebody, even when we have to mutter and encourage ourselves in the Lord, we too have to know what we're talking about. One of the things that you ought to know is that when you are confident in that, very thing that he that has begun a good work in you, he will continue to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So now he says, he which hath begun will perform. So this word perform means to carry through or to fulfill. He will and what, what, what he's saying here is, is that God, the Lord, will consummate what he has begun. Okay. And then he goes on to say, until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, listen to me here now. You and I are not living in the day of the Lord. And obviously, we're not living in the day of the Old Testament. Amen? Amen. We are not living in the day of the millennium as of yet, and we are not living in the day of the eternity, but we are living in the day of Jesus Christ. Amen, somebody? Amen. All right? And that day will be consummated when the Lord comes back, when he returns again, and he's going to take all of those who are his out of this world. Glory be to God. But until then... You can, listen to me now, you can count on God to consummate whatever he intends to do for you. Amen. Why? Because he's going to see it through. Glory be to God. Bless his holy name. Yes. He is going to see it through somebody. Why? Because God is faithful. Hallelujah. Your circumstances might, now listen to me now, your circumstances might be quite different than my circumstances. And everybody ought to say, thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, why? Because you are a child of God. Yeah. And I'm sure that if we brought the microphone and took time out, walked to each and every one of us, it would probably take us several hours to put the microphone in in, in front of all 10,000 that are gathered in this place on today. But if we were to do that, hallelujah, I'm sure that you could testify that God has brought you up to the present moment. And God has been good to you up to this present time. Hasn't he? Amen, somebody. Well, can't you look back over your life and see how the Lord has led you, how he's kept you, and how he's provided for you? All of that is because God is faithful. Amen. And he's doing what he said he would do. He would continue to perform for you until the day that the Lord comes back again. Hallelujah. Well, if he has already led us, if he's already provided for us, if he's already kept us, glory be to God, then why should you be concerned about tomorrow? Tomorrow. 
Well, do you think he's going to let you down now? Well, he's brought you this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. Hallelujah. He's kept you as old folks say, closed in your right mind. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I don't know if you know it or not, but he won't ever let you down. You can depend on God. You can trust God. Why? Because he will see you through. Glory be to God. Sister Pat on this morning was in the book of Psalms, chapter 37, and as she said that, and as she was reading to us and ministering to us during the corporate prayer hour, my mind went to the 23rd verse of Psalm 37. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, it says, A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directed his steps. Glory be to God. All right, so let's go where we left off on last week here. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Glory be to God. God is faithful. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Let us... Therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace. And did I ask you to do that on last week, Under, underline that word throne? So we have it underlined. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Okay, so you've already underlined that word throne, and we're going we're gonna to get to that in just a moment or two. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now, as we look here in this verse, you see here, the Greek word that's translated may, you see it there? Uh -huh. That word may, it does not mean might. You know how it is when the kids ask you to do something? And they say, well, can we do this, Mom? Can we do this, Dad? Can we do this? Say, well, you know, I don't know. We may, you know, what we mean is we might. Most of the time, what we're telling them is, no. We just want to let them down a little easy. But you see here, the writer here of Hebrews is not trying to let anybody down easy. In fact, he's trying to lift up everybody that would read this particular word. So that word may does not mean might. It means will. All right? So he says here that we will obtain mercy when we come boldly unto the throne of grace. So that is not an invitation to come boldly. And well, once you come boldly, then we'll see what you're doing. That's not the intent of the writer. No, uh -uh, no. It's, it's to come boldly and you will obtain mercy and find grace. In your time of need, when you come to the Lord, you will, you will, you will, you will, beyond a shadow of a doubt, receive all that you need from him. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So the definition of grace, on the other hand, is getting what you don't deserve. Hallelujah. And what do we deserve? Well, well, we deserve many things which might we might not agree with amen hallelujah but grace is god saying and remember i told you the story about the hot fudge sundays well praise god amen uh 
uh, two weeks ago, we had readers, right, on a Wednesday night Bible study. Last Sunday, we had hot fudge Sundays, amen, hallelujah, glory be to God, and on today, amen, uh, hallelujah, glory be to God. We're going to have banana splits, how's that for everybody? Jim Dandies? All right, a little pistachio ice cream, everybody like pistachio, mm-hmm. Amen. Pistachio, oh, that's the best, right? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So I'm saying pistachio ice cream, hot fudge sundaes, readers, and banana splits for everybody. Glory be to God. Don't shout me down now. So when we come to boldly to the throne, not tentatively, not reluctantly, but when we come boldly because the price has been paid and the work has already been done, you will, beyond the shadow of a doubt, find grace and mercy, everything that you need from the Lord, just when you need it. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So we're saying today, whatever you need and whatever you need, God's got it for you because he's that kind of God. Amen. And the Lord is faithful. Hallelujah. And the thing, because I'm saying now that the Lord is faithful, that means heaven is moved to take care of your need whenever you have a need from God. Because he is faithful. All right. Somebody, amen, hallelujah, might again, may be thinking, well, how can Jesus know what I'm going through? He's perfect and he's way up there in heaven. How can he possibly feel what I feel? How can he possibly know what I'm going through? But he knows. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. And he is able to do whatever we need him to do. Now I want you to look at the screen. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 4, verses 4 through verses 12. Look up there on the screen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm going to go ahead with it now. We're in Matthew chapter 4, verses 4 through 12. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, meaning Jesus, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto them, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they will bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus saith unto him, it is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then Jesus saith unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Watch this. Then the devil leaveth him, 
and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So this was the time, or during the time, when our Lord had fasted, and he had just come out of the wilderness when he was tempted by the devil. Now in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, amen, just turn with your Bibles there. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So Jesus understands temptation. But Jesus was tempted in all the same areas that we are tempted today. His temptations, if you will, might even have been more severe than ours because of the fact that he was sinless and spotless. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. You see, Jesus was not only sinless, but he was incapable of sinning. In fact, he had such a, a strong hatred or such a strong disdain for sin that it was repugnant to him in every way. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So Jesus, in effect now, when he came face to face with sin, that was a horrible event for Jesus. But when we come face to face with sin and temptation in our lives, you know, believe it or not, unfortunately, even some of the saints of God yield to that temptation and yield to that sin. Hallelujah. But for that reason, when you are tempted, you can get help. When you are tempted, and the devil wants you to miss the mark. Hallelujah. He understands, meaning Jesus understands rejection. Let's go to John chapter 6, verse 66. And we're going to look at two scriptures here. St. John chapter 6, verse 66. And also St. Matthew chapter 27, verses 69 through verses 74. Now if you can't get there, if you want to take a look at it up on the screen, it should be there very sure. There it is. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Many, many of the disciples that Jesus had, they in turn rejected him. Yes. And in Matthew 8 and 20, and Jesus saith unto him, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man hath nowhere to lay his head. So Jesus knows what it's like to have the world turn its back on you. In fact, he knows what it's like, people of God, to face something that no one in this room will ever experience if you know Lord as Jesus, if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior of your lives. Everybody say, thank God for that. He endured these things so that he might help you when you face a time of need in your own life. Because Jesus understands rejection, he understands lack, and he understands need any need. Now, Matthew chapter 17, verses 24, and we just blew right past Matthew chapter 27, 69 through 74. But let's look here in Matthew chapter 17, verses 24 through 27. Hallelujah. And when they came to Capernaum, they that received a tribute, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, 
Doth not your master pay tribute? He said, yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea, and cast it hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. Everybody likes a piece of money. Then take, I don't care how waterlogged it may be, piece of money, soaking, sopping, wet money, mildewed money, or how wrinkled up money. No matter what it is, piece of money is a piece of money. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou find a piece of money that take and give it unto them for me and thee. So Jesus knows what it was that had to pay taxes. So Jesus pays tribute, which is that tax money. But Jesus also knows what it's like when the ends won't meet, no matter how far you stretch them. Hallelujah. He understands need, and he's able to offer help during those times of need. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. He knows. He knows why? Because God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. John chapter 11, verse 29 John chapter 11, verse 35, excuse me, and also Luke chapter 19, verse 41. Look at the screen and you'll find them there. Amen. Hallelujah. John chapter 11, verse 35. So Jesus understands grief. In fact, the scripture says that Jesus wept. Why did he weep? He wept when he found out that his friend Lazarus was dead asleep. Jesus wept. Hallelujah. Now, in Luke chapter 19, verse 14, amen, he understands grief, but his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man reign over us, talking about Jesus. They were opposed to Jesus. So Jesus knew exactly what it's like to lose somebody that you love. When he lost Lazarus. Therefore, He can help you when you face those times of loss. Jesus understood and know what it meant to experience human heartbreak. And he also knows and understands loneliness. So in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, this is what the Bible says. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Jesus understood loneliness as he was there in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew that he had a job to do. And he knew that God was going to be faithful to him 
and raise him up on that day. But all he had to do was to continue to trust God. Matthew chapter 27, verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabbathani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So Jesus knows what it's like to have nobody around who understands what you may be going through, people of God. He knows what it means to hurt, and he knows how to help you get through those troubled times of need because God is faithful. He will see you through. He will never let you down. But in addition to that, he also has the ability to solve your problems. You say, well, how can he do that? Well, let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Hallelujah. We're going right back there. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. He has the ability to solve all of your problems. Say amen when you get it. Let us therefore, and we've got these underlined already, come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. God is faithful. And the Lord gives all of us as people of God an open invitation to come to him for help to get through any situation or circumstance in our lives. Well, if that is the case, and amen, everybody, everybody said amen. amen. Well, why is it that he who should be our first resort is often our last resort, people of God? We are so guilty of trying everything else before we seriously seek help from the Lord. We will try worry. We'll try pity and self-effort and everything else. Then when everything else fails, we'll run to Jesus and look to him for that help that we could have received a long time before. Yeah. Glory be to God. But even when you feel like that, let me tell you this. Here is God's plan for you people of God. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and verses 7. And also in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory right. be to God. Who has that scripture? Yeah. Who's got that scripture already? Anybody got it? Yeah. Somebody say amen if you got it. Amen. amen. Who had it first? Amen. Who had it first? Nobody had it first? Oh, nobody had it. I had a $20 bill for whoever had it first. <laughs> Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, and then we're going to 1 Peter 5 and 7. So what I'll do is, I'll just put it back. Be careful for nothing. Put in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. This is God's plan for you. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, glory be to God, hallelujah, casting all your care upon him, for he careth 
for you. Now remember back in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, I had you to underline that word throne. Now, that word throne, it refers to those who were enthroned during those days who held absolute sway over all the issues of life. All of those authorities, all of those people who were, were overseers and the politicians and the Caesars and, you know, the pilots and all of those people referring to them as well. They held sway over all of the issues of life and death for everyone in their particular areas and under their jurisdictions. Because earthly kings possess great power, but all of their power combined is nothing next to the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Why do, you, why do I say that? Because the power of any king, people of God, is only as great as the power of the kingdom that is behind them. So with that in mind, just what kind of power does Jesus have? Glory be to God. Well, let's find out in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. He has exceeding power in all things. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Hallelujah. You know this scripture by heart. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Hallelujah. He has exceeding power, people of God. Glory be to God. And I think I'm going to make it. Glory be to God. He has exceeding power. Glory be to God. Now, and write these scriptures down in Ephesians chapter, uh, excuse me, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, and also Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 5. He has need-meeting power. Need-meeting power. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, let me tell you what it says. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, isn't God faithful? Yes. Glory be to God. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 5. And I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes and every other thing, glory be to God, are not waxing old upon you, and thy shoe is not worn old or waxing warm, worn upon thy foot. Glory be to God. God has need-meeting power. And not only that, he has cleansing power. Write this scripture down. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. He has cleansing power. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Glory be to God. He has cleansing power. And in addition to that, he has healing power. Has anybody in here experienced the healing power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Glory be to God. In addition to have exceeding power and need meeting power, in addition to having cleansing power and healing power, but he also has load lifting power. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor 
and a heavy laden. And I will give you rest. He'll lighten every load that you have. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Why? Because he's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 21, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He had mountain moving power. Matthew chapter 21, verse 21. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, what did he say? If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Glory be to God. What else happens? It shall be done. You got mountain moving power. Glory be to God. So tell that mountain to move and get out of your way. Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 28 verse 17, he has all power. All power. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Matthew chapter 28 verse 18. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And Jesus came and spake a word, saying, What kind of power? All power is given unto me in heaven and... So he's got the power up there, and he's got the power down here. He's got you covered no matter what's going on in your life. Why? Because he is faithful. Glory be to God. Now, all of that power in everything that he has, everything else that he has can be summed up in one phrase from Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And it says here, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Let's take a look at it. Now unto him that is able. It can be summed up in that phrase. He is able. God is able. So not only is he faithful, but he's also able. He's faithful and he's able. And his promise to all of us, as I'm closing out right now, is that when we come to him by faith, no matter what the need, no matter what the situation, no matter what that circumstance may be, we will find all that we need to meet the needs in your life when you come to the Lord. He'll give you exactly what you need. Why? Because the Lord is faithful. Hallelujah. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. Be encouraged today, people of God. He's faithful. We've seen the faithfulness of God working in every area of our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, look at your neighbor and say, he's faithful. He'll be faithful to you. He'll be faithful to me. He'll be faithful to we. Come on, let's stand to our feet right now. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Come on, shout to the Lord. God is faithful. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. He will do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the powers that work within you. You got the power.